privilege today on this Lord's Day to be able to assemble together to worship God, praise His holy name. How wonderful it is. Our lesson title this morning is titled, Holy Things. I want us to come to a greater appreciation this morning of what holy is all about. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 15 to start out. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 15. Peter said, But as he which hath called you, that's God, is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That's not talking, that's your way of life. Holiness is a way of living. That word holy is a precious word. Something that is holy is something that has been set aside for special use and special service. We should not use the word holy in a flippant manner. Holy is that which is set aside by God for a reason. That which is holy is consecrated. It's dedicated. It's set apart. When Moses was standing at, by the burning bush in Exodus chapter 3, verse number 5, God spoke to him from heaven. He said, the place where you are standing is now holy ground. Because he was in the very presence of the Almighty God. That was a special place. Moses was getting ready to be directed by God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. He would need God's blessings and strength throughout all those 40 years. He recognized the very holiness of God. If you, find, if you look in the Bible, you'll find the word holy is used 593 times in the Old Testament and New Testament combined. It's a very precious word. It's a very special word. But it's never used in anything other than elevating God and the things associated with God. And that's the only time it's ever used. The word holy can also be translated, also we get the same words as sanctified and sacred. Incidentally, in the New Testament, the word saint comes from the same word that is translated holy. That should make us more appreciative of the fact that we are saints of God. Therefore, we need to understand what holiness is all about and practice it in our lives today. Point number one in our lesson this morning, all of the Godhead is holy. Deity. Is holy. D-E-I-T-Y. I want you to look at a couple of scriptures with me. First of all, turn to Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 2. If you're using a pew Bible in front of you, it'll be on page 108, 108. Leviticus 19, 2. God is getting ready to... He's spoken to Moses to tell him what to tell the people of Israel. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 2. The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, 
For I, the Lord your God, am holy. Moses was to tell the people, you are to try to be like God in your life. God is holy. You are to be holy, sanctified, set apart for special reason and purpose. You'll find the word holy used many times in the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse number 3, Isaiah said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole world is full of His glory. He has passed His holiness on to the world. How wonderful to know that deity is holy. And specifically, our Savior is holy. God is holy. We talked about the fact that He is the one who gives us holiness. As we've read from Leviticus chapter 19, verse number 2 there. He transfers to us the ability to be like Him. And we should desire every one of us to be more like Him every day in our lives. As we read the Word of God, and as we study the Word of God, and as we practice the Word of God, we see holiness jumping out at us. That should be a challenge to each one of us. As we live our lives in the home, in the community, in the school, in the place of work. But we demonstrate what holiness is all about. Not only is God holy, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is holy. Turn me to Luke chapter 1, verse number 35. Luke chapter 1, verse number 35. We're going to be looking at several passages of Scripture in the New Testament. Now the rest of them, I think, will be in the New Testament with the exception of one or two. The situation here is the angel has come to tell Mary the news that she is going to be the Son of God. Luke chapter 1, verse number 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost is come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, that holy thing which thou shalt shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. The holy thing that shall be born of you, the Son of God. Jesus is holy. Again, full of all the Spirit of God and the power of God and the goodness of God. When the early church was established, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were talking to the people about Jesus, they turned away from Him. They said, Ye have denied the Holy One. They were not willing to follow Jesus. You have denied the One who is holy. In Acts chapter 4, verse number 30, Peter and John were praying with the people, the Christians, praying to God, talking about the signs and wonders done unto them in the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. Over and over throughout the New Testament, you see Jesus, the Son of God, being referred to as Holy. And thirdly, we see that the Holy Spirit is holy. In Matthew chapter 1, verse number 18, as the angel comes to Mary to tell her about the birth of her child, she said she was found with child 
by the Holy Ghost. That which when it was in her was not conceived by human man, but the Holy God and the Holy Spirit of God. So we see that all of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, are all holy in their nature. That's the way they are made up. Therefore, we should, every time we think of the word holy, it's a sacred, precious, special word. Let us never forget that God's name is holy. Turn with me to Psalm chapter 99, verse number 9. If you're using the Pew Bible, up here on page 514. Psalm 99, verse 9. 99 of 9 of Psalm. The psalmist says, Exalt the Lord. That means raise Him up. And worship at His holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Now look at the third word. Exalt the Lord. Look at the word Lord. All the letters are capitalized. L-O-R-D. Are all in capital letters. Not capital and lowercase. Every time you see that in the New Testament. That is the word. For Jehovah God is a name to be reverenced. It's a name to be held in awe. As a matter of fact, in the Hebrew language, the Jews would not even say the word L-O-R-D. The word is Jehovah. The Hebrew word literally is Yahweh. They would not say that word because it was so special to them. So much greater than any word in all their vocabulary. God's name is holy, set apart. He is inherently holy. That's the way God is. That's all He is. He is therefore perfect. As a result of God's being holy, He is free from all of the attributes of fallen humanity. There is no sin in God. Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 17, verse 7, calls Him the Holy One of Israel. We all strive for holiness, but humanity-wise, we cannot accept it. We cannot ever achieve it. But God is holy throughout all of His entirety. In the New Testament, we sign the same thing. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, was teaching the people how to pray. He said, After this manner pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's the Greek word for holy. God's name is holy. Have you noticed how differently the world uses God's name today? Quite different, isn't it? Too many people use God's name in a profane way. To debase God. To degenerate God. To desecrate God. To treat Him with irreverence and lack of respect. Again, Psalm 111 verse 9 says, Holy and reverend is His name. Reverend is not a title. Reverend is a manner that says, I will hold God's name special. I only use it to talk about God Almighty. 
And that's why in the Ten Commandments were given. The third commandment was, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. What's he saying to us today? Folks, let us never use God's name in a light, flippant manner or attitude. Do not use God's name in a common way. You don't go around people very long until you hear the words, gosh or golly. That's a desecration of the name of God. Or gee or gee whiz or geez. A desecration in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Folks, God's name is to be holy and set apart and never used in any other manner than that. How tragic it is that we live in a world that's full of that kind of language. Common every day. Let's make sure that we as Christians understand the holiness of the very name of God. And we will never use it in any other way than the name of reverence. Holding God's name in all. Special for who He is. The giver of life. The sustainer of every good and perfect gift. Every time you need name the name of holiness, you make sure it's with the proper attitude and religion and reverence to God. Many of the songs that we sing, many of our Bible lessons, mention the name of God and Jesus and deity frequently. How wonderful that is. And those should be constant daily reminders for each one of us of how we will use the name of God. Always respectfully. The songs that we sing, word after word after word, refers to the deity of God. God the Father and God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. When we're singing those songs, let's remember that. Let's be appreciative of that. And when we're praying to God, it's more than bowing our heads and closing our eyes. It is focusing our hearts and thoughts on who God is and how much I need Him and you need Him. We all need God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Everything that we've ever had of any value comes from God. Therefore, His name is holy. Psalm 111.9 says, Holy and reverend is His name. Don't ever call me reverend. My name is not to be reverend. No human being should wear the title reverend. God's name is to be revered above any and every other name. We need to appreciate that. God's name is holy. We need also to remember this morning, let us never forget that God's church is holy. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5.
Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse number 25. Paul says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. If Christ is holy, and He gave His life for His church, that makes the church holy, does it not? Verse 26, That He, Christ, might sanctify and cleanse it, the church, with the washing of water by the Word, that He might present it, the church, to Himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it, the church, should be holy and without blemish. And incidentally there in verse number 26 where he talks about the word sanctify. That literally means to make holy. God sanctified the church with the blood of Jesus. That makes the church a holy institution. This building houses the Saudi Church of Christ. This building is not a holy building. This building is not a holy sanctuary. This building is wood and stone and steel and brick and mortar. But those who abide in this building, in the church of God, are holy. God's church is holy. Many Christians meet throughout the world today and they don't have church buildings to meet in. But where two or three are assembled together in God's name, the church, God is there with them. That makes it a holy place. We need to appreciate that fact about the church. There's not a one of us who says, well, I've got to go to church. got to go to church to do this. got to go to church to do that. Whatever. And I understand we're talking about from the standpoint of doing human things. But let's also appreciate the fact that when we're together worshiping God, we are God's holy people in God's holy place. And God's holiness is with there, with us there. The church is that group of people which is set apart from the world. That makes it holy, doesn't it? It makes it special. We are baptized, as Jesus said, to walk in newness of life. A life that is separated from sin and Satan in the world and consecrated to God. That makes my existence, that makes your existence holy. I'm somebody special. I'm God's child. And I don't say that with braggadociousness. I say that with humility and thankfulness and praise to God. How wonderful it is. I now can walk in newness of life, separated from Satan and sin and all the problems of this world. And I can consecrate, give my life over to God. That's why Paul would say this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17, Come ye out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Don't follow those unclean things. Follow the holiness of God. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want us to come to a greater appreciation today of who we are. Now, I'm not talking about as physical people. I'm talking about the church of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 9 beginning. 
Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, you are sanctified, you've been made cleansed, you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. Ye are sanctified. That's the same word that means made holy. The next time you go to the mirror, and you go home today and you look in the mirror, fix your hair, brush your teeth, whatever, look at yourself in the mirror. And say, Bill, because you are God's child, you are holy. You are special to God. And I don't say that with braggadociousness or arrogance. I say it of humility and heartfelt eternal thanks to God for allowing me to be in His kingdom. His kingdom is holy. The holiness that always has existed in heaven has now been brought down to earth and to humanity. God's church here on earth is His institution to fit folks to be able to go to heaven eternally. Therefore, God's church is holy. God established His holy church and He makes holy those who are in the called out ones. Therefore, we are holy. When I come to appreciate that, my friends, I'll quit saying, I've got to go to church today. It's Wednesday night, they want me to come back again Sunday night and Wednesday night. They want me to come to vacation to Bible school, and they want me to do this, and they want me to do that. When I come to appreciate and fully accept what the holiness of God's church is all about, I want to be there. And I want to be a part of that. You see, God's church is set apart. It is special. It is sacred. It is consecrated by the blood of the Son of God. Therefore, listen carefully. With that background, and that, if you will, constitution the Word of God... There is no place in God's church for man's teachings and doctrines. I want that to settle in. Why is it that we have a world full of man-made religions? No human being could shed His blood on Calvary's cross to save anyone's sins. But Jesus Christ, a human being, God in the flesh, could do just that. That's where I get my salvation. That's where I get my sanctification. That's where I get my cleansing. That's where I get my way of life. And that's where I find my hope for eternity. Why would anyone who understands something of what the Bible has to say think that I'm smart enough to tell God how to run His church. Why can't we tweak this and do that and do it the way we like it? Wouldn't that be more convenient for us all? Yeah, for us all, but not for those who want to follow God. God's church is holy. 
And I do not need to think that I can improve on what God has told me in this book. It saddens my heart. And I say this with kindness. To listen to many preachers in the world to say, to say, all you've got to do is just open your heart and receive Jesus as your personal Savior and you'll be saved. Can anyone anywhere find that in God's Word for me? I've looked more than once. So have you. God told, Jesus told Peter that upon the rock, the Peter the rock, the, the rock, the, on this rock, the confession that Jesus made of Christ, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus came here for a purpose, to establish His church. And it is holy. And those of us who are Christians have been called out for God's holy purpose in His holy church. Therefore, we will do what God wants us to do, not what we think we would like to do. And I wish the religious world at large could understand that today. There's no place in God's church for man's opinions that simply follow the Word of God. You know, we have laws in our land. The United States Constitution has been written out. It has been amended a few times. And when you go, if someone is accused of a crime, they stand before the court and they are judged by the book. The laws of the state of Tennessee, the laws of Saudi Daisy, or wherever it is. That becomes the standard. I may disagree with it, but I can't change it. And if I violate it, I can be sentenced because of it. We understand that from a legal standpoint, don't we? Let's come to a greater appreciation of that from a spiritual standpoint. And our eternal destination. Well, I've got this good feeling in my heart that God loves me, and I'm trying to do a good thing, so God's going to take me to heaven. Those are sound words, sound good sounding words. But the Word of God tells us exactly what we've got to do in order to be saved and how to live as saved people. We're called out from the world. The word church in the New Testament, ecclesia, called out from the world to be holy people. And that brings me to the next point. As a child of of God, I am holy. Christians are holy people. Turn with me to first Peter chapter one, verse number fourteen. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 14. Peter said, As obedient children were children of God, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lest of your ignorance, but as He which hath called you, that's God, is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, your way of life. And I like that word, little three-letter word, A-L-L in there. All manner of conversation, all manner of life. Because, and Peter here is quoting from Leviticus chapter 11, verse number 44, as it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. God is perfect. He is holy. He sent Jesus Christ to live on the earth as a human being and still demonstrate for us holiness. 
perfection. My challenge today, your challenge today from 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 16, to strive for holiness in my life. How wonderful that is. Look over and... Well, we won't take... I, I, I turn over to First uh, Peter chapter 3. I want to look at verse real quickly. First Peter chapter 3, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Set God apart special in your life. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason of the hope that is in you. And you do it with meekness and fear, gentleness and respect. Because you have set your heart and life apart for holy service. To be the kind of person God wants you to be. We won't take the time to turn to it this morning, but you'll know this verse. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's why we are to come out from among the world and be special, be separate, be holy. That word holy, a special purpose for. Some of you ladies got some good china and dishes that you don't serve sandwiches out of, do you? You use them on special occasions. We've got things that are set apart for special purposes. I'm a God child. I'm set apart for a special purpose. To live a holy life in this world. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2, it is your reasonable service. God's not asking us to do something that's impossible. God's challenging us to use all of our faith and all of our hearts and minds and dignity to be the kinds of people God wants us to be. It's your reasonable service. It's only logical. That you want to live like God wants you to live. He says that you may be proved, that you may be able to prove what is that good and perfect will of God. Put God's word to the test. That's why he's saying you prove it. Do those mathematical formulas really work? Put them to the test. Work the problem. You'll see it does. So it is with God's will. Put God's will in your life to the test. And you will find every time you can be a holy person because God's way works. When you challenge God's will, think about it. Put it to the test. And see every time how it works. You see, holiness fights away anger. It shoves off ingratitude and horrible behavior and words and thoughts and deeds. Holiness draws you closer to God. Closer to where you want to be now and closer to where you will be forever if you'll follow His Word. The only way that you can know how God's way works is to prove it in your life by being a holy person. Put yourself to the chest to test. Accept the challenge every day that you live. I want to live a life of God-likeness to the very best of my ability. I know I can't be perfect, nor can you. God knows that too. That's why He sent Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. And while Jesus was here those 33 years, He lived a life of holiness. Never said anything wrong. Never did anything wrong. Never thought anything wrong. He followed God's will. He left us a perfect example of holiness. Jesus is no longer here on planet earth. 
I am. You are. We are here for a purpose today, folks. To show the world that God's people are holy people. And that God's holy way works. Let's challenge ourselves every day that we live to live our lives in the holy likeness of God to the very best of our ability and to show the world that very thing. As we stand to sing this song that's been announced this morning as a song of invitation, is your life holy according to the Word of God? God's holy Word of God says that we must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We must repent of our sins. Confess uh, confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be baptized in water, rising to walk in newness of life. That's holiness. That will lead us to heaven. If you need to do that this morning, if you've done that in times past but wanted away, come back home today in repentance and prayer. If we may assist you in doing that, let me know by coming to the front of us together. We stand and sing the song.